0: And welcome to an episode of The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. I'm Matt Clark. Glad you are, uh, you're with us today. Have a, uh, have a treat for everyone. Um, we, uh, you know, one of the things we like to do here is just try to incorporate a lot of different voices into, uh, into this podcast. And I wanted to reach out to uh, uh, one of my good friends, uh, uh, Ted Bauman, who is a noted economist, and he's also the editor of The Bauman Letter. Uh, he also is the editor of the Alpha stock uh, Stocker Alert, and he's also the editor of the 10x Project with Banyan Hill Publishing, and uh, he is joining us today. Ted, first off, welcome and thank you for uh, for coming on the Bull and the Bear.
1: It's a pleasure, Matt. Always uh, good to talk to you. How are things down in Florida?
0: They're uh, they're good. Um, they're good. It's uh, it, it's sunny. It's nice. A little bit of a breeze. So uh, you know, it's not not too uh, not too shabby. How about uh, in your neck of the woods? Uh, you're uh, you're in Georgia, so.
1: Yep. I had a good day out on the boat yesterday, doing some maintenance. Got a little bit of a sunburn, even. So, um, the year is progressing ni- nicely as far as sunburns are concerned.
0: I'm I'm a little jealous about being on the boat. Um, I've i I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've told my wife that I desperately want a boat just so I can get out on the water. So,
1: well, I was doing the part that nobody likes, which is all the maintenance. So, um, <laughs> there's that too.
0: I understand. Understand. To give a little bit of background uh, to Ted, uh, first off, I you know I mentioned he's an economist. He's he's a uh, uh, you know. Very well-known economist, people know him. He's been on numerous networks, uh, interviewed with uh, numerous uh, entities such as Forbes and Barrons, uh, and, and he's, he's uh, appeared on uh, numerous television programs to talk about the state of the economy, uh, the history of the economy. Uh, but uh, he's uh, had his uh, had his work and intent. If I get to any of this wrong, please let me know. But um, uh, he. Got his start in nonprofits. Uh, he he worked with uh, several nonprofit organizations in and around Africa. Uh, if you if you haven't noticed the distinctive accent, uh, that Ted spent uh, a majority of his uh, of his youth in South Africa, uh, but he has uh, since been here in the United States and uh, has been providing his readers of uh, of all three of his uh, of his products with uh, a lot of great information and a lot of uh, great recommendations and using his, his background on the economy to, to really um, illustrate solid market picks uh, that have produced some really good gains. I looked at your portfolios the other day, and, uh, and Ted, they're doing well. Um, you, you've, got, uh, you've got some really good winners in there.
1: Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, we, like to, uh, we like to think that, that uh, we're prepared for all eventualities. Um, certainly uh, this was one that we didn't expect, but we've had to move quick on our feet. Um, but I think the key thing is that, that our philosophy with the Baum letter in particular is, is really to be diversified uh, so that we have a number of companies that are really in there as stabilizers as well as just, uh, you know, growth companies. So our strategy is working.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and not a lot of people can say that, especially with these kind of market times being as volatile as they have been. But to one, the, the reason why I want to talk with you today is, uh, um, you know, the state of the U.S. economy, the state of the global economy right now today, uh, U.S. GDP was reported to have shrunk by 4.8% in the first quarter, which is the largest uh, contraction of GDP since the financial crisis back in 2008. The CBO came out and suggested uh, that the uh, uh, GDP will further contract around 12% in the second quarter because I think what people don't quite understand is that the first quarter doesn't really factor in a, a, a large part of this whole coronavirus uh, lockdown that, that we've experienced not just here in the United States but globally, um, and I think I read somewhere that uh, you know it, it could be up to 2022 before the U.S. economy fully recovers from 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 where we're at right now. But first, Ted, I want to I want to get your take on. Let's start with the first quarter. Um, you know, contraction. This is you know the largest we've seen in in over a decade, um, and. and you know, I guess talk about why that is. Why, you know, what has caused the contraction in in, in GDP?
1: Well, I think people should be pretty concerned about that figure, as you said. the uh, The actual uh, mandatory lockdowns didn't really start until close to the end of March. Um, but what this uh, what this figure tells us is that people were reducing their economic activity even before the mandatory stuff happened, and that's why you know I remain concerned about the second quarter figures and quarters beyond that uh you know that it's not just what the politicians tell us to do it's what common sense tells people to do and a lot of people stayed home you know they uh, they just didn't go to restaurants uh they didn't go to to gyms they didn't go to any place they didn't go to concerts they didn't go to any big place malls where they thought the virus uh, they could be exposed to it and you know we can lift lockdowns all you like but people are not going to go out i mean here in georgia the um the governor has mandated that uh, certain categories of uh, companies can open, you know, little little companies in particular, and that they're, they're not and people are not going to them. So my big concern is that um, if we see a four and a half percent decline in GDP or 4.8 or whatever it was for the first quarter, which was even before the mandatory lockdowns, just imagine what it's going to be like when you combine uh, mandatory lockdowns plus people's reluctance to go out and spend. So, you know, my you know, I'm on the bearish side when it comes to this thing. Uh, and one thing I will point out is when people say the, the economy will bounce back and, and we'll be back to normal, um, economic production that is lost is never regained. Um, it, you know, We've lost four, four, 4.8% of GDP uh, for the first quarter, and that's never coming back. So that's money that people would have earned and would have spent that they're not going to earn and not going to spend in the future. So uh, it's important to understand that the long term impact of this is going to be to depress economic activity and to keep output lower than it would have been otherwise for years to come.
0: Yeah, and, and I think you, you you touch on several good points there. And that is, you know, the main thing here is that 4.8%, a lot of that's not going to come back. I mean, as much as we like to think it will, as much as we talk about economy stabilization, uh, or recovery, if you will, you know, it recovers, but it only recovers to a certain level, it, it doesn't recover to a, a, a high of which it was at one point, or at least not in a near term situation, if I understand right. So I, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm with you, I, you know, I think there's a big concern here that I, I think is being glazed over and that is that, you know, we look at this and I think people look at the headlines and think 4.8%. Well, that's probably, that's, that's probably the worst it's going to get because, you know, that, that's just what it sounds like. And it's not, it, it's not by any stretch. I, you know, the second quarter is going to be considerably worse. And we'll talk about that here, here in a second. But, you know, is there any one particular sector uh, of the economy here that you see is taking the largest hit because of, uh, because of this contraction?
1: Well, certainly, we've seen a couple standouts. Uh, one is is energy., uh, there's no question about that. The energy sector has just got absolutely hammered. Uh, I was looking at a chart earlier today uh, that I'm going to use in in a uh, a podcast that I'm working on for later in the week. and it shows that something like a quarter of the uh, the companies that um, in the energy sector uh, are probably at this point bankrupt. and the only reason they're not closed is because, of the Fed's backstop buying um, uh, corporate bonds in the junk bond market. Um, right now we're looking at almost sixty five billion dollars worth of distressed debt in the oil and gas sector. But there's another sector, uh, and then on top of that, let's just you know get the obvious uh, hospitality hotels, airlines, cruise lines, all that that whole sector of the economy that's about travel uh, and people moving around, that's also you know just being absolutely slammed. Um, but but here's some stuff that people don't uh, think about. Media. Um, one of the big problems uh, with the media sector, and this includes companies like Facebook and Google and others, is that companies that are not selling stuff uh, and that are trying to conserve cash aren't advertising. So uh, there's $32 billion worth of distressed debt in the media sector right now, which is all the companies that cobble together adverts and um, and and place them on digital platforms like Facebook, and Alphabet and Google and others, those adverts aren't being bought, so these companies are in trouble. So there are there are lots of sectors where things are happening that people are not aware of. In fact, there's more distress debt in the media sector right now than there is in retail and restaurants. So certainly, there are lots of places where where things are are dire.
0: Now, looking ahead to to the second quarter, which is where we're really going to see the the real brunt of the coronavirus lockdown and the pandemic. Um, and I think, again, I think it's one thing that people are overlooking. The, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, uh, r- released its initial findings uh, earlier this week and suggested that, you know, the GDP will contract by about 11.8 percent, let's just say 12 percent for the sake of argument, in, in, in the second quarter. And, and I don't know, Ted, is that, a, is that a conservative estimate, do you think, or do you think that's right on par?
1: Uh, well, it's hard to tell. I, I th- It's probably conservative. I mean, I think, you know, um, everybody has an incentive to try to soften things at the moment. And um, th- there's a lot of wishful thinking going on. Um, but remember a lot of what's captured in GDP figures um, is, is not easy to, to, to capture until you've had things like income uh, surveys, uh, business activity surveys and whatnot. That's why GDP figures are always re- uh, released in two phases. One is a preliminary and one is the final uh, figure. And I think what we'll see is that it's difficult to capture the full scope of GDP loss, even in the second quarter, because so much of it is happening in places that are hard to count, like retail and restaurants, uh, you know, the small business sector, basically. And, uh, you know, particularly what we're going to see is that the lack of spending uh, from people who lost their jobs or, or saw reduced wages during the second quarter is going to take a while to filter through because it's not just their lack of of, of wage earnings that, that contribute to dropping GDP. It's also the money that they're not spending in, in stores. So you've got a multiplier effect that won't really be fully captured until the second reading of GDP. So yeah, 12 sounds to me like a pretty ambitious target at this point. Um, I have seen figures from Goldman Sachs, um, which is a, a company that has a, a proprietary interest in getting these figures right. They say 20%.
0: Yeah, I saw so, that. I saw that too. So
1: you know, I mean, if if, if Goldman Sachs is is betting billions of dollars in in, in its own trading on um, figures like that, you better believe they they're probably correct.
0: Yeah, I I think I I have to agree with you. I think the I think the CBO is probably a little on the low side in terms of its estimate. Now, to to throw you a little bit of a curveball here, Ted, one one thing that I think you know our listeners would be interested in is is you know when you look at all this, I mean, because this is a very complex thing. The economy is not something that is easy to digest. To you know, anyone really, but as an investor, I if I'm looking at these things and I see, okay, U.S. GDP drops by 4.8%, shrinks by 4.8%, it could be between 12 and 20%, even more so possibly in the second quarter. As an investor, what should I be doing now and in, you know, the next six months?
1: Well, I mean, as I've advised to uh, uh, readers of our, my Bauman letter, we recently put out a, a, a Basically, a bear market survival guide, and the number one thing I said to um, to our readers was, uh, try to generate some cash in your portfolio. Try to beef up your cash reserves. Um, that could include taking profits on positions that you're uh, ahead on. You know, just sell back to the value of your original purchase, and 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 convert the 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 profit into cash. You could sell marginal positions, um, but basically try to get as much cash ready because what's going to happen is the stocks are going to bounce back. Um, and if you are fully invested in stocks that have, um, you know, let's say you're, you're buying now where we have this short-term, what I think is a short-term mini rally. Okay, you spend a lot of money buying stocks on the way up. Now, those stocks are going to decline in value and you're not going to want to sell them because they've dropped in value. You don't want to realize your losses. Well, my advice would be hold off on buying some of those stocks right now. Keep the cash. Wait for the real drip, uh, which is coming. Um, you know, I've said we're we're headed for a double bottom, uh, and buy it uh, when we're you know when it looks like we're close to the bottom. Um, I've released a couple of YouTube videos where I talk about ways to tell that we've passed uh, that second bottom, and it has a lot to do with vol- the relationship between price and volume. Uh, and it, it's we we cannot talk about a sustainable recovery in the stock market until we see both increasing prices and increasing trading volumes. We're we're seeing the opposite right now. Uh, we're seeing increasing prices but declining volumes. So that tells me that the best thing to do is what the big boys are doing, which is keep money on the sideline, wait for prices to go down a bit more, and then buy into the stocks that are going to skyrocket. Okay.
0: I think it's great having advice, said, actually.
1: <laughs> it is. Well, having said that, there's one. There are a couple of sectors that I think have already hit serious bottom, and and are probably going to continue to rise now that people have realized that they were mistaken, um, and, and particularly the housing sector. Um, it's not a popular position, but I'm bullish on housing um, producers, the big ones. You know, like the companies that 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 uh, the national chains, the Pulte's, and and companies like that. Because I think they are proving more resilient than a lot of people thought they would be, and so even now they're trading at PE ratios that are just outstanding. You you, you want to buy those those companies even now. So, but main thing is keep your powder dry. <laughs> I
0: think I think that sums it up great. That, that is, that's outstanding. And one last thing, Ted, before I let you go, when does this all? Come to an end. I mean, when do when do we see? You know, I I I hate I hesitate to say economic rebound, but when do we start to see things kind of taper off? Are we going to see Q four, Q one of twenty twenty one? I mean, when do we start seeing things kind of pick back up again?
1: Well, it depends um, whether you mean the market or the economy. I think the economy, as I said earlier, is this is a pretty serious blow, and I think it's going to take, quite frankly, years for us to to recover the dynamism that that we will have lost as a result of this, but. There's also going to be a lot that changes and never goes back. Uh, I'm actually working on a a script for a video today where I'm talking about what's going to be different afterwards. And one of the key things is companies are going to change the way they operate. And so I I think what we're going to see is when things start to bounce back at the economic level, a a lot of uh, spending will be driven by the desire to change things like, for example, remote working. Uh, companies may decide, hey, why have we been spending all this money on big office spaces in urban areas at high rents when we can actually form some of our employees out to their basements or their living rooms or their kitchen tables? So I think that, that there's going to be a lot of short-term spending that's based on on um, locking in some of the changes. As far as a solid per- permanent rebound from from the virus, it's going to take a vaccine. and. Uh, 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 some economists may feel comfortable predicting that uh, when that will happen but i'm not one of them because uh, that's not what economists do we don't make vaccines <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i don't know but clearly the only thing the, the, the smart people i've i've read say it all comes down to a vaccine and and that is not something that any of us can can put a date on
0: so the bottom line here from Ted Bauman and and a line I agree with: keep your powder dry in terms of of your investments. Try to do, uh, you know have some cash available. Uh, and 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 try to keep yourself diversified that way. And 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 Ted, I, I appreciate the time. Ted Bauman, he is a noted economist, uh, Banyan Hill Publishing editor of the Bauman Letter. He also is the editor of the Alpha Stock Alert and the Ten X Project. And in the show notes, make sure you check it out. I'll include links to uh, how you can uh, get uh, get some of Ted's uh, Ted's good stuff. He puts out stuff almost every day, and and it's uh, definitely definitely worth uh, worth a read. Ted, again, thank you very much. Appreciate you joining us here on the Bull and the Bear. It's a pleasure,
1: Matt. Always good to talk to you.
0: Thanks a lot, and we'll, right. uh, we'll, we'll be back on again on Friday. We'll have Charles Sizemore and hopefully Adam O'Dell will join us as well, so uh, make sure you uh, you join us then. We'll have that up uh, sometime on uh, Friday afternoon, give or take. Uh, if you do have uh, any comments, questions, concerns, anything like that, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, right now, we are syndicated on uh, Google Podcasts. We are also on Spotify, uh, and uh, we will soon be on Apple Podcast as well as hopefully I Heart Radio and a few others. So make sure you check it out there. And uh, so for Ted Bauman, I am Matt Clark. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you.